from the third dimension. This is 3D or 2D.com's Duh 3D Show. Put on your 3D glasses now. If you're wondering what the 3D stand for, they are discussion, debate, and the news. We hope that you enjoy the show. Get it? The show? Duh. Duh. <laughs> Alright, welcome to episode 81 of the 3D Show. I'm Adolf Vega. I have with me Miss Krista. Hello! And Jake. Howdy, folks. And uh, we got quite a few little topics to talk about today in the show. So, uh, Jake, what do you want to start with? Uh, let's start with the Maleficent trailer. Yeah, and it's kind of hard to pronounce. Maleficent, I think. The Maleficent. Yeah, well, I just watched this. I, I've, when I watched the trailer, my first thought was, uh, didn't they... Uh, cut her wings off in the first one? Okay, so, yeah, that's a good question because I barely remember the first one, and that came out in 2014. This movie is Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, coming out this October, I think it is. And, um, I don't remember this movie at all, the original. <laughs> I'm generally confused as to what the sequel is supposed to be about because it still seems to be the same Sleeping Beauty story. So I don't know why they're making a sequel because it doesn't seem to have any additional plot. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, the first one I was like watching it and go, Neil Gaiman wrote a short story that's a hundred times better than this. Why did they not buy the rights to that? No, I agree with Chris. I agree with Krista a lot that it, it seems like the same story. What's the point of this? It is. It's exactly. I'm like, is this another? Did they reboot this? Is this like, oh, we're going to pretend the first movie didn't happen and we're just going to redo it? And I'm like, okay. Uh, another movie nobody um, asked for uh, of a, a sequel to something that wasn't that big of a box office hit. Uh, and I'm like, well, why is this movie a thing? So, um, what are you, what are your thoughts on the original movie? Because I I can barely remember it. I thought it was fine. It was okay. Mediocre. Uh, I mean, like a five six. I mean, it's just there. Yeah, I agree with you. Because, uh, like I said, uh, Neil Gaiman did a great spin on the material in a short story 20 years 20 plus years ago uh and this movie um uh, just it, it to me it just seemed like oh it's just uh it's just a, it's, oh we're gonna instead of having a cash grab of a live action uh remake of one of our animated movies we're gonna do a spin on one of the uh villains and i'm like whatever uh, there wasn't a whole lot there Krista, what did you think of the original? Do you remember seeing it? I don't think I ever actually saw it. So, yeah, I think I agree with that, Jake. You didn't miss much. It was all right. <laughs> yeah, it's just pretty much Angelique Jolie's uh, cheekbones wearing a hat that wearing a hat that Loki would be envious of. <laughs> they did try to make Maleficent into a more sympathetic character, and 
I think it, it was okay. You know, they tried to give her a whole backstory and explanation, and I just didn't care. And um, so it's, one thing that's interesting about this is that the trailer does not mention 3D anywhere in there, but I saw the trailer in front of Aladdin, and that was in 3D, and I did not like the 3D in this movie because it didn't look like it was all that there. So we'll see how the end result is, but, you know, when the first trailer is in 3D and it doesn't look good in 3D, it's it's kind of a bad sign. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and I was thinking of this when I was watching the Game of... Uh thrones finale and there's no and i'm not gonna spoil it uh but there was a, a particular scene before a speech was given that uh danny looks like she's uh, sporting a pair of wings and i was thinking this is a this is already a better trailer for maleficent than maleficent and that's as close as i will get to a spoil so don't at me all right, Krista, what do you want to talk about next? Uh, we can talk about the Abominable trailer. Okay, so we got this in. Um, it's an official trailer, and it you know looks like um, the main character is going to be taking back a Abominable Snowman or a Yeti back to its homeland. And um, it looks wacky, and it looks fun. It looks fine. It looks very, um, how do I put this? Chinese bait. Yeah, I get where that's coming from. Yeah, yeah. This looks like something that says, "Oh, we're gonna just take uh, just a standard, generic, animated movie that we can crap out in eighteen months, and we're going to make it for a Chinese audience for Chinese New Year." But it looks like to be the least of the three uh, Sasquatch-like movies that have come out in about a year's time. I mean, that being said, I saw the trailer in 3D, actually, and the 3D in it looks gorgeous. Well, um, yeah, it should be, since how easy it is to do a 3D in an animated form. At this point in the game, if you can't knock it out of the park, you shouldn't even bother. <laughs> so uh, Chloe Burnett plays the main teenager uh, girl, and uh, Chloe Burnett, you may know her from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She has Quake. And um, it's kind of sad that I think this might be her first film when I think she should have been in Endgame, but that's just me. Uh, well, and and those that are were into Hong Kong pop, she uh, used to put out Hong albums in Hong Kong is Chloe Wang. So it makes sense them uh, uh, having her uh, do this movie for an Asian audience because she did have a, um, a burgeoning career as a Hong Kong pop star before she did Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, yeah, it looks fine. I mean, it looks like a, like you said, Jake, a generic kids Yeti movie and we actually have seen some good ones lately, so why do we need another bad one? Yeah, there's been two. Hey, there's been two great ones. Uh, one I one I had a good idea was going to be good because everything the studio put out was great. Uh, and the other one was a pleasant surprise. Who knows? Maybe this one will shock me. Just in case anyone doesn't know, we're talking about Missing Link, um, from from Leica. 
and also uh, Smallfoot from Warner yeah, Brothers. Yeah, Smallfoot from Warner Brothers. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, and we've talked before about why why is Bigfoot suddenly becoming that thing? <laughs> yeah, and why I've become the Bigfoot uh, reviewer in the D. Yeah, you can listen to that in the spoiler cast of A Missing Link. Um, but yeah, it's just a weird setup that apparently, I guess, Yetis are going to be a hot trend right now because this is the third movie in about a year to come out with a Yeti. And, you know, obviously these movies have had to be made at the same time, close to the same time, because, you know, production and all that and how they do things with movies and how they had two Comet movies with um, Deep Impact and Armageddon, and how they have multiple same movies at the same time. I guess just you know. Uh, don't forget, uh, uh, and don't forget, a Bug's Life and Ants came out about the same time too. Oh well, Ants was that was intentionally a rip off of a Bug's Life and intentionally yeah. trying to, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, so. Kids, if you've ever wanted to see Woody Allen as an ant, you have your chance. Terrifying. (laughs) Ironically, it's one of his best performances. (laughs) At the very least, the ants in Ants were anatomically correct, unlike the Bugs Life. Yeah. Uh, but a bug's life. All right, so let's keep going here. We got the first teaser trailer for Terminator Dark Fate, which comes out on November first. Now, um, this we did not get a three D confirmation on this movie, but um, James Cameron is producing this, so I'm going to assume it is going to be a three D movie. And later in the day, I guess the day later, we did get James Cameron say that this is going to be an R-rated movie. So, what are your thoughts on Terminator Dark Fate? Uh, after some of the sequels that have been made in this franchise, uh, I, I'm just uh, not trying to get my hopes up. But this trailer did look pretty good. Some There were a few moments the CG was a bit weak, but heck. This movie's got months to go, and heck, I mean, and just because a movie has weak CG, there's no reason why it can't hit it out of the park. Uh, looking at you, Black Panther, uh, you have to admit Black Panther had some some scenes that had some really bad CG work, but that was still a great movie. Uh, yeah. Uh, hey, uh, pleasantly surprised by Alita. So, uh, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to this, you know, especially at, on, on one level, but I'm trying not to get my hopes up because, uh, uh I just have nightmares of Jason Clark. Uh, Chris, uh, did, you, did you watch this trailer or no? I watched the trailer. I don't have a lot of context for it just because I'm not that into the Terminator. Um, but I do, think it's I do think it's interesting that they have one of the main characters being like part robot, basically, and she's like a good guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mackenzie uh, Davis, and uh, 
and, and Gabriel looks awesome, kind of basically taking over like the Robert Patrick uh, role, basically, of, you know, the unstoppable Terminator. And then we get to see uh, Old Man, then this, and the trailer makes it look like this is going to be Old Man Terminator. And uh, Linda Hamilton reprises her role as a, as a very older uh, Sarah Connor. No word on John Connor in this at all, which is probably fine. I think the whole John Connor. Uh, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if he's written out. I mean, after all the crap with uh, Jason Clark taking over the part and uh, some of the sequels. You have to admit, some of the Terminator sequels are god-awful. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I hear that it's uh, supposed to be, like, ignoring everything, like, three on. It's just ignoring them. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I think that's the way most uh, fans of the series uh, go through life, too. <laughs> <laughs> I hate hey, I'm willing to take it a step further and ignore everything after the first one. But uh, the, the second one isn't that bad. It's actually has grown on me over the years and and sometimes seeing a really bad version of uh, a sequel of a, of a movie you didn't think that much of. Uh, all of a sudden... That other movie doesn't seem so bad <laughs> because <laughs> because you've seen something far worse, <laughs> and then you grow to appreciate <laughs> what you had at <laughs> one time, and then go, "Oh my God, when will this stop? When will my misery end?" <laughs> and and is it should I look at my watch and see how much longer this movie's got to go? <laughs> Sounds sounds like it's kind of a franchise that's like outlived its welcome. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, it has, and um, it's it's kind of interesting that this is going to be rated R. Um, what are your thoughts on a rated R movie for Terminator coming back? Makes sense since it was a this was always this was always meant to be an R rated franchise. There's been probably a generation of people that have only seen PG-13 Terminator movies, so it's going to be kind of a harsh reality check when you actually go, you know, see it. And um, it's going to be interesting. Um, plot. This trailer doesn't show anything with the plot, but there has been a little bit more given, and apparently Sarah Connor is going to be a Terminator Terminator, where she is hunting the Terminator machines. So instead of the machines hunting her or her son... She's now actively terminating Terminators. What do you think of that plot idea? Ah, so basically, this sounds almost like it's a, it's becoming uh, almost red. You know, if you remember that comic that became a movie, retired, extremely dangerous, or The Expendables. And then we also have here the director of. Um, Deadpool, Tim Miller, doing this, which is a little bit surprising. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, he's good with action and R-rated movies. Makes sense. Since uh, Cameron is too busy to direct anything that's not called Avatar. And he's not doing that either. 
Hey, he's directing Avatar 2, 3, 4, and 5 at the same time, apparently. And, uh, and, and Disney is just sitting there going, what have we, what did we just... <laughs> you bought a procrastinator. Yeah. And, uh, oh, and speaking of, uh, of, uh, of Cameron and being now owned by Disney, he's about to really be owned by him because Endgame is now 110 million away from being the highest grossing movie of all time. Amazing. Uh, yeah. gonna, the last 100 million is going to be the hardest one to make, though. Because there's so much competition going on right now, uh-huh. it's gonna just if it gets it, it's gonna be like squeaking by. Because every week there's another new big movie, and it's just you know, I've seen it twice. I don't really want to see it a third time. Um, I mean, I love it, but I don't want to see it a third time. You know, so we'll see if it makes it. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I I look at it this way. Uh, it's. It's, this is not a sporting event. Whether it crosses that line or not isn't going to validate the movie or invalidate any other movie. Uh, and the and of course the the Force Awakens uh, domestic record I think will probably still stand. So let's uh, move on to something. Um, so okay, how do I set this up? Is it's really hard because. We previously did a podcast talking about the Sonic movie, and all of us really crapped on the Sonic movie CGI, and right before I was posted the podcast, we got news that they're going to change the CGI of Sonic because they hear everyone's complaining. And now we hear that it's officially been delayed until 2020, so now it's coming out on February 14th, which is Valentine's Day. So. Is that enough time? Do you think that's going to be enough time to fix the CG? Does anyone want to take their lover to see? That's a weird choice <laughs> for a release date. For a, for a kids movie, uh, are they like uh, marketing this for Nambla? I mean, what? I mean, geez, this is that's. Uh, I mean, hey, they're probably thinking, hey, Deadpool made money. And I'm like going, well, Deadpool was funny, uh, Deadpool was good. and uh, yeah, and, and good. Uh, the Sonic trailer, uh, I hate to break this to you, studio, but the bads, uh, appear, but Sonic looking weird was the least of that trailer's problems. I feel like what they're doing is they're just like trying to plug things into a formula to try and get a successful movie. They're like, Oh, if we take something from a previous franchise and if we release it on a holiday, then it has to make money. Yeah, and we'll cast every um, uh, actor in every hit cult show and uh, see what sticks. I feel like it's definitely people that don't know what they're doing that are just trying to pretend like they know what they're doing. Yeah. I smell train wreck. So, um, apparently the Kingsman prequel was supposed to also come out that time, and another movie called um, The Photograph. So, it's going to have competition. If it's going to go against um, another Kingsman movie, it's going to be pretty competitive for, you know, Valentine's Day weekend, 
which I don't know who's going to be like, hey, let's take uh, my girlfriend. I want to take my wife to go see Sonic. Who wants that? I mean, I guess uh, uh, I guess they think gamer, well, I think gaming has become popular enough that uh, people with sweethearts game, but that doesn't seem like uh, I mean, it, it's it's probably better than it's probably going to be better than a Fifty Shades movie. I hope. Uh, That's a low bar to cross, though. Yeah, I know. Uh, but hey, uh, I looked at that trailer and I said, uh, <laughs> I was like, it got laughed off the screen at, at when I was at Detective Pikachu." So we don't know yet if that's going to be a 3D movie, but maybe this will give it time to make the 3D look great. I don't know. Yeah, uh, maybe they'll come up with a a, a better. Blinkster's uh, uh, Paradise is really played out. So I mean, and I was like, why, God, why? And they could have a Wolf uh, Smith. Uh, parents don't understand or something. <laughs> yeah. So, for some more context to February 2020, we got also February 7th, the Birds of Prey movie and uh, Peter Rabbit 2. And uh, so, we definitely have some animated competition happening Peter Rabbit 2 and Birds of Prey may actually be a pretty big hit that might still be around. So, Sonic is going to be kind of sandwiched between some you know, relatively big movies right then. So, I don't know if it's really a good idea. Well, that Black Widow movie is going to drop? I don't see a Black Widow released it yet. So, I don't know. Uh, Krista, what are you saying? Oh, I was saying, regardless of when it releases, it's still going to be be in the middle of good movies, and it's going to be a bad movie in the middle of good movies no matter when it releases yeah this is this is starting to shape up like uh remember when uh alita and all these other movies were going head to head it was gonna be there was no so i have a feeling there's gonna be a lot of more date shifting of movies in our future i mean they could just take on like january and you know there's not that much going on in january so usually People don't care. You know, it's a dumping ground for a reason. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Hey, March used to be the dumping ground before the Matrix hit big. So maybe, and lately, March, end of March has been where the hits are, but the earlier part has been uh, Wasteland. So they can move it there. So, Jake, what are your thoughts on this new Akira movie coming out? Could be interesting. Taika Waititi, uh, this seems like something right up his alley, uh, possibly. Uh, uh, we've had uh, an anime uh, of Akira that didn't make a lick of sense, uh, but then again, the manga is so sprawling, there's no way you could, even in a, a two-and-a-half-hour, um, three-hour anime, you could make sense of it. Uh, I if uh, Taika's if they've got him signed, they're probably thinking uh, they're going to break it down into a, a trilogy, or at least I hope that's their thinking. 
because uh, even I don't think Taika Waititi could take that multi-volume manga and turn it into a two-hour movie. He'd probably um, be smart and go the route that James Cameron went producing, just uh, just film a small part of the you know first of the first part of the of the series and you have a real manageable uh story unfortunately it looks like miss christo was uh dropped from the car for technical reasons but we'll have to uh, continue on without her i really don't know what to say about kira i don't know anything about this so um i really you know i'm not big into anime so i've maybe heard of these things but i don't watch them you know i'm not against them I just am ignorant and I'd rather not speak if I don't have anything educated to say. Uh, it's worth checking out. I mean, it's got uh, some racing sequences that uh, I know everybody throws Ben-Hur. Uh, my eyes roll. It's good. I wouldn't call it Ben-Hur quality, but man, they sure they try to make the, the racing in that um, anime um, cinematic and it succeeds it's that seeing that stuff alone is just worth the time to watch it all right so uh moving on we got some batman news um matt reeves batman we got confirmation this week from warner brothers that robert patterson will be batman what are your thoughts on robert patterson a uh, robert pattinson will make a great batman I mean, yeah, if all you've seen him in is Twilight, uh, or worse yet, you've never seen Twilight, lucky you, but yet you feel uh, like an expert that you can trash it 24-7 to the point of uh, misogyny and coming off like a big jerk, uh, just stop it. Uh, everybody loved him when he died in Harry Potter. Spoilers. Uh, and he's done such great indie work. He's got this. I mean, no problem. He can be Bruce Wayne. He can be Batman. No problem. He's got it. He's a good choice. Yeah, I mean, um, he does have a jawline for it, which is important for Batman. <laughs> mm -hmm. He's tall. He's a has a good slender body, and um, I think he's going to be fine. I'm going to totally give Matt Reeves the benefit of the doubt because he earned it because I love the last two uh, Apes movies and I completely have faith in him so I'm I'm just going to let that go. What are your thoughts on the Apes movies? Uh, Matt Reeves uh, knocked him out of the park and I'm a big fan of the original series and uh, didn't really care much for Tim Burton's uh, take on it. Yeah, um, my wife wants to rewatch those Batman movies from the uh, Tim Burton, and we, I watched them once, and I was like, "All right, I'm done. I'm, I'm sorry. These just don't hold up as much as I thought they would." Yeah, but hey, while you're at it, check out some of uh, Robert Pattinson's um, indie work, like High Life, uh, and I'm really looking forward to his movie he did with Willem Dafoe, The Lighthouse. Uh, he's damsel. I mean, he's Robert Pattinson since he quit doing um, since after 
the Twilight series. He has done some spectacular work. Uh, I mean, don't hold Twilight against him. Hell, uh, everybody, those movies suck. He's the first to admit it. Uh, the books is based on are terrible. Uh, women should be mad. They deserve to have uh, quality movies. I mean, why should us guys get all the cool toys and the cool movies? Uh, aren't women uh, worthy of having great movies, too? Why, why does Hollywood just keep making junk like Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey? And think, oh, we can just shit these out and women will eat it up. They deserve good movies, too. I really, really hated um, Fifty Shades. I, I watched that. I was like, it's so unrealistic. And I really just don't like these characters. I don't get it. And um, I, I watched the Twilight movies because my wife was really into them. You know, vampires and stuff. And I never really liked them, but I watched them because, you know, I, we were dating at the time. But, you know, it's neither here or there. Let's keep going on here. Yeah, I had to watch Twilight, too, because they filmed them up around here. So, of course, I had to go see them because I was dragged to them. In fact, I get dragged. People try to drag me to Twilight celebration parties. Uh... So I do think that like the Twilight books could be a good movie franchise, but they would have to change a lot, which would piss off the fans. And, you know, it, it may just be not worth doing it at that point. You know, there's the idea of the werewolves and vampires and a love story is, you know, been around forever and mm -hmm. it's fine. And there, there's already a good version of Twilight. It's called the Vampire Diaries, kids. You could go Watch it on the CW app or something. So, um, let's move on to Rotten Tomatoes and uh, Verified Scores. How does this work? I don't know, uh, but it's a it's an idea that should have happened a long time ago. I think we can do some verified stuff on, on uh, Fandango whenever you watch a movie and you buy the tickets and after that. A little pop-up email will say, hey, you've verified purchase. Do you want to tell us your review? But I don't think that's ever been done on Rotten Tomatoes, which it's good. It's good to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So now this is going to stop a lot of hate monger and trolls in their um, tracks. Uh, they're going to have to get another hobby or a real life. Yeah, I mean, I have problems with Rotten Tomatoes because how they do their calculations is um, just kind of weird. Um, I mean, it, some some websites, some publications, they use a star system. Some use one to ten. Some use one to a hundred, and they kind of to put them all together is kind of misleading. And um, you know, three stars is different. But if the website has four star reviews and they use three stars, then you know what does that average to? But if another website uses a five star method and they do three stars, that's different, you know. And it just or one to ten. Yeah, you know, IGN goes decimals too and goes like seven point nine, and it's just like, oh my god, <laughs> how far can you go down? Oh, and then you've got and then you've got about Perry Nemiroff who uses uh, her cat Dewey. And then you've got uh, Andre, a black nerd. He uses uh, Care Bears. And, you know, some places don't even do, like, 
stars or they just write everything and then you get to read it. They're like, oh, we're too good to have a score at the end. So it's it's just kind of a weird process. And I don't like that whenever you're trying to buy tickets on Fandango, you see the Rotten Tomatoes score and it kind of gives you an impression of what you think. And I just, I understand the need for it. I kind of like Metacritic a little more, but I kind of feel like Rotten Tomatoes is kind of a weird system to do things. Yeah, well, they weren't designed to fill a niche that there's a demand for. Too many people who review movies forget their job. They're there. There's a difference between being a film reviewer and a film critic. Now, I bring in a little criticism into my reviews uh, to basically put a movie into context and to tell you why I liked it and why you may or may not like it. Because I figure if the person listening or reading my review knows why I like it, then they can go, okay, I don't like this type of thing, so I may not like this. Or they're like, or they're, or they're checking my review out after they've seen a movie they hate and I loved it, and then they know why, and they go, oh, okay, now I see. You know, it's communication. Uh, but like, but a film review is not the same as a as a as as film criticism, and they people quit conflating them. I remember back in the day with the Dark Knight, there was like one review that was like a one star review, and apparently, like the website, I clicked on it because I was like, why did they give that one star review? I love the Dark Knight, and uh, basically, he said it sucks. And that was all the review was, you know, it was like one paragraph and it was nothing. And everyone was blasting him and commenting and saying it's a bad website, but none of it mattered because guess what? All those people clicked and all the people mm-hmm. clicked and gave him tons of ad revenue. He didn't care. He did it on purpose because he wanted to be the jerk that gave that ruined the 100% for, but you know, of course. And uh, and they rewarded him for it, so uh, that's why trolls keep trolling. That's why they keep doing it because you keep rewarding them. Yeah, anybody listen to this? Quit rewarding stupid people. So it's it's a good thing they have verified, you know, scores. It's it's progress, but we'll see how that actually works out in the real world, and you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they wouldn't need to do it if people. Uh, if uh, if there was actually if there was actually a real separation between film reviewing and film criticism, which there should be, because they both serve different purposes. I think uh, the best way of doing it is just find a critic that you like. Just find a critic that you like. Follow them, and you know sometimes they'll disagree with you. Sometimes you'll agree with them. But eventually, just find one, that one person that you really like and agree with. And, you know, maybe that's just the way you're doing it. Because, you know, getting a algorithmic, you know, consensus on a movie is not a, a hard science. And it's just kind of wishy-washy. And, you know, I respect the good old and days. it's too easy to game. Yeah, I respect the good old days of Roger Ebert and Siskel where the thumbs up and thumbs down and it's all you needed to know and you know, it's it's such a simple but effective way of doing reviews 
you know, I disagreed a lot of times with Ebert. I don't know about you. Uh, oh, I used to get into it with him on CompuServe all the time. But he, you know, said why he had his reasoning mm-hmm. and respectful. And you know what? Sometimes he liked things I didn't like. And sometimes I, he liked things I hated. And sometimes, but I, you know, I, I found it his viewpoint very educational mm-hmm. and entertaining. So I kept watching him until he passed, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I liked I liked Gene Siskel too. I liked him. I actually uh, got along with him online more than I ever did Ebert. Uh, and I actually redigged mm-hmm. Roper too. Mm-hmm. Well, I never Roper was never my uh, jam. Of course, unfortunately, most of the critics I really liked have, have passed on. I mean, because there really isn't a new... There really hasn't been anybody. Uh, I mean, some of the Screen Junkies guys are insightful, but they're more of a comedy troupe. Uh, so the comedy comes but first before everything else. But, I mean, because you have to admit, Honest Trailers are, are pretty spot on a lot of times. Oh, yeah, I love them. Mm-hmm. But let's move on. Um, so Fantastic Three, Fantastic Beasts 3 will be delayed until 2021. And it's going to be several years in between this uh, release. And uh, we both like the second one. And uh, it's kind of disappointing to be delayed. But I guess maybe it's for the best. We'll find out. Um, uh, I mean, Aquaman. I, I don't. Uh, I don't know if this has anything to do with what's going on with Amber Heard and Johnny Depp because Aquaman's been delayed too. Uh, I don't know what's going on at Warner Brothers. They just seem to be uh, a train wreck over there. That studio. Somehow they got got dinner to work, so that's good. Yeah. Even the, yeah. Even though they tried to kill it with a. Family and Peril subplot. For more, uh, check out our Godzilla reviews. Um, but let's keep going here. We got a brand new trailer to talk about. And this is for a new franchise. And a new franchise from Pixar Disney. So this is like the super rare Trinity, you know, oh my god. Um, we got a trailer for a new movie called Onward. And um, this is looks like a brand new idea. I'm digging this. What do you think about this? Yeah, I mean, I'm like sitting here seeing um, kind of '70s van culture meets uh, uh, trolls and fairies, and they're going on a quest, aka road trip. And one of my favorite bits is, uh, I don't know if you noticed this about the van. It looks that van's been hot wired. I did not notice that, but um, just to give yeah, it's hot wired the van. Uh, just to give people context, this is an animated film by Pixar Disney, and it's a based on a new IP, and it's a brand new idea. Um, and it's like a fantasy movie, but all the fantasy movies we ever seen or fantasy content is like in the past, Middle Ages, and whatever. This is present day ish. I don't know exactly if there's like a, a time frame this is, but present day ish fantasy and how the world, you know, fantasy and orcs and how living in this modern day fantasy world is. And I love this idea. I think it's a really clever and fun new spin. 
Yeah, that trailer was better than the entire Bright movie. Um, so it's it's fun, and if in some ways, I kind of feel like this is what I wanted Enchanted to be, which I love Matt Groening, I'm not going to attack him, but Enchanted's just kind of weak. Yeah. And it's, it's fun to see a fantasy-themed, you know, contemporary movie. Um, so, like, they have unicorns here, and they're eating trash, and it's like, oh, I love this. Mm-hmm. Uh, mer- mermaids hanging out in um, kiddie pools, getting drunk. Um, Krista did give me a text message about this that she wanted to mention. Um, she's not able to go back to recording, but she did want to say that this ruins the whole Pixar movie timeline because if this is supposed to be in the contemporary times or in the 70s, you know, that doesn't make any sense because everything, you know, but honestly, who cares about the stupid Pixar timeline? It, it's not a real thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't believe in the Pixar verse anyway. Because I don't want Larry the Cable Guy <laughs> in the same universe as Toy Story. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, um, the other day I saw Matt Pack on YouTube, which I love Matt Pack and his film theories. Um, and he talked about Toy Story and how Toy Story, the toys will never die. And eventually they'll be throwing the trash and uh, Wally will pick it up. And it's hilarious. It's a fun line. I love it, um, but it's it's just, just a weird thing to really try to, to put them all together, and I don't think they're really supposed to be, unless they're supposed to be, which obviously, you know, there's some sequels here and there and prequels, but this is a standalone movie, and it looks original. It looks fresh. I've never seen anything like fantasy. It, looks like, a dream, it looks like a DreamWorks movie. Yeah, the character models almost look like Shrek, but not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And uh, uh, and I hate to say this, but lately DreamWorks has been eating Pixar's lunch. I mean, because other than the first Cars movie, um, Coco, and Inside Out, the DreamWorks animated features in the last several years have been far superior to Pixar's uh, offerings. Now, you did mention Brightburn, which I do want to talk about. I wanted to like that movie. It's a Netflix movie with Will Smith, and there's fairies, and there's like... Oh, uh, it's Bright. Bright. Sorry. Brightburn is the Gun Brothers' uh, take on Superman. You're right, you're right. Um, but Bright with Will Smith, um, I wanted to like that movie. I wanted to like it. I just, it didn't work. Oh, it's uh, written by um, John Landis's son, Max, uh, who's a me who's a Me Too spoiled brat, and his work sucks. And he um, his he's got some decent ideas ruined in execution. Bride just had a shitty script, and uh, Will Smith could not save it. And this looks like something that it, you know could work, where that didn't work, and um, it's it's kind of funny that this is be like, yeah, we got this, <laughs> we're, we're gonna make this work, mm-hmm. and we're gonna bring you know fairy tales to modern times, 
and not have it be in, in the Middle Ages like everything else. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm totally good. or not uh or not look like low budget Canada. I'm talking about you once upon a time. So I'm game. I'm game. You know, people always complain about new franchises. Where's the new stuff? Where's the new ideas? Well, here it is. And if you don't like it, well. You deserve uh, just go back to your old stuff. Uh, uh, I'm looking forward to Onward. Of course, when I first heard the name, I thought it was going to be something based on the Oregon Trail. Yeah, the title is kind of generic, kind of basic, you know. I kind of think they would have loved to use Enchanted, but I think they already had, you know, they couldn't do that because the Enchanted, the that live action <laughs> one, and then um, the Netflix Matt Groening cartoon, which is only okay. I mean, I love Futurama more than The Simpsons, but still. Yep, so do I. I think uh, Futurama is his opus. And, um... I wish uh, James was here because we actually, um, I don't know if you knew this, Jake, uh, but James and I used to record reviews of Futurama episodes and put it up on YouTube many years ago. Ah, no, I did not know. And um, yeah, it was a good time. Um, That's how me and James met was because he wanted to record uh, with me on YouTube for and then that channel got killed because of copyright infringement garbage and anyway anyway but yeah I have a a, a big love affair with uh, Matt Groening's work and Futurama in particular and um, you know Disenchanted which this is very much similar it just is kind of mediocre and um, this looks fun this looks new you know it isn't like a musical either just like I don't know what the quest is. It's the perfect kind of teaser where I want more. Mm-hmm, exactly. All right, we got one last thing to talk about, uh, Jake, and it's just kind of funny. Okay. So Disney released character posters and um, of the characters in Lion King, and uh, Pumbaa is making the rounds as memes as everyone is really scared of this super realistic version of Pumbaa, which Pumbaa is a warthog, and they're not really attractive, cute, cuddly creatures, and uh, they made it look like a real warthog would look like, but people are scared. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, I think uh, he might, Pumbaa might be able to take on Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, he looks, he looks really scary, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, almost looks like one of those Mutus that, uh, Godzilla's fought in the last two American Godzilla movies. And, you know, and he gave Godzilla... I think uh, Pumbaa could give Godzilla a run for his money. So that's that could be the next one after uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. It can be Godzilla versus Pumbaa. Yeah, it's just it's frightening looking. And it's realistic, but, I mean, it's, it's also kind of just hard to look at because it's so realistic and... Um... Yeah, I mean, this Lion King, I'm, I'm scared about it. I, I want it to be, you know, good. It just... Well, or it could be the next Cloverfield movie. I mean, I will give credit that Disney does look good. And, you know, the, the actual cats, the lions in Lion King, do look like mm-hmm. actual lions and look cute. Yeah. You know, cats are very cute creatures, so we both have... 
the cats that we take care of and love. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely head of the staff for uh, two Siamese. And I got uh, two cats, too. So, you know, we're cat people. We, we, we like cats and dogs. So, you know, we don't hate. We, lo- we love yeah. animals, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, warhogs are not that pretty looking. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And uh, this might be a problem for Disney where these character models are not really translatable to live action that look cool. I mean, meerkats are cute. They're, they, you know, they're like gophers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, kind of a cross between a cat and a gopher. Because I'm just worried about if the merch is going to be really hard to, you know, are kids really going to want a Pumbaa, you know, plush? Yeah. All right, so I guess that's basically it for this uh, episode 81 of the 3D Show. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye. Bye. All right, before this podcast ends, I want to give a thank you to my patrons. Right now, we have a one patron, which is David from Spain, and I want to thank you for your financial support. All right, so that's going to be it for this podcast. We now have a Patreon, and the link is in the description. Uh, thanks for watching. And we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. They don't put it everywhere. Just look for us, 3D or 2D. And of course, review us on iTunes. And if you want to write us a letter, um, our email address is email3dor2d at gmail.com. So that's going to be it. Uh, Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye, everyone.